This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Into our pitfalls. Britt, let's start with you. You have Evan Ingram and Dallas Goddard and Dalton Schultz. So why don't you start off with the Dallas Goddard? Yeah, let's just transition right into that. So Dallas Goddard, like you said, has been the third in targets. Um, I'm just not looking at Philadelphia to repeat their offensive efficiency success with both Shane Steichen and Jonathan Gannon gone. They're completely revamping their coaching system. Um, And they also today traded for Albert O or yesterday. My days are running together, but they traded for Albert O. Um, They've got Jack Stoll in there as a blocking tight end. And then now Grant Calcaterra and Albert O as more pass catchers. I think that they're planning on the fact that Goddard is going to get hurt where he's going in drafts. I don't know that he's going to get enough targets. And that schedule is super, super tough. They're going against the entirety of the AFC East and the NFC East, which as bad as Washington is, their defense is pretty solid as long as they stay healthy. So I'm just a little worried about Goddard where he's going in ADP, and I want to harp on this and finish on this. We don't hate players. We hate ADPs. No, that's fair. Should have hit it beforehand. I'm I'm not going to rebuttal your point. I've made my points. You've made your points. Chris, you decide who wins that debate. Yeah, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Britt on this one. I have to tend to agree. I think Dallas Goddard, when it just comes to the weapons that the Eagles have in place, um, he, he he's a guy who's very efficient with what he's get the targets-wise, but he just doesn't get enough week in, week out for you to feel comfortable for his ADP. So I'm hating the ADP. I'm going to go with Britt. Okay, that works for me too. All right, Britt, why don't you talk about Evan Ingram and Dalton Schultz a little bit? Yeah, so Evan Ingram, we loved him last year. Absolutely loved him. I got him in every single draft that I could because the targets were going to be there. We had Christian Kirk in the slot when um, whatever move he moved out to the outside in different kind of 12 personnel, and Evan Ingram was that slot guy. Now that the Jacksonville Jaguars have Calvin Ridley, uh, Christian Kirk's going to remain in the slot. We already saw it in preseason. He, he did not move outside the same way he did last year. So I think that Ingram is going to end up being an inline tight end and block a lot more than he is an actual target earner. And plus you've got Travis Etienne and Tank Bigsby back there. There are just too many mouths to feed in this offense. And Ingram's going way too high just based on what he did last season. People are not accounting for the new additions for the second year under Doug Peterson. And He's another case of, I don't hate the player. I hate the ADP. He's going to be utilized in a different role, and he's going to disappoint a lot of people. That's something that you, me, and Chris all have in common. We all have Ingram in our pitfalls list. You laid it out perfectly there. I think two people get left out to dry with the addition of Calvin Ridley, Christian Kirk, and what I have to think is going to be more of an emphasis on getting the balls to the running backs, and it's going to take turns, I believe, between Zay Jones and Evan Ingram and who it's going to be. And I've never seen more recency bias than with Evan Ingram because he wasn't even on your team the first 12 weeks of the season, and then all of a sudden he goes off at the end, and now because he was the tight end too between weeks 13 and 18, everybody wants to pump him up. 
He reminds me, and Chris, help me out on this. He reminds me so much of Jared Cook, where he gets hyped up, hyped up, hyped up. He has this little spurt, and then all of a sudden, we all got to talk about Jared Cook being a top 12 tight end the following year. Yeah, he had four big games Evan Ingram basically had for you, and he's living off of that. We saw Jared Cook definitely make a career out of doing that. And I think that towards the end of the season, the recency bias, particularly a tight end, usually kicks in. Evan Ingram has scored four touchdowns last year, guys, and that was when he was somebody they were looking to feature, particularly at the end of the season. A guy who has never been what we hoped he was ever going to be back in the Giants. This isn't year three. This isn't year four. This is like year eight. So when Evan Ingram looking at, this isn't a guy who's a spring chicken necessarily anymore, and we've, we've seen this record. We, we played it out in time to move on from Evan Ingram and definitely not buying his ADP this year. Yeah. Uh, Danielle, here's a question for you. MJJMHK, I have no idea what that's supposed to stand for, but that's who's asking the question right now. He's got the first pick in the 12-man league as a half-point PPR. Would you go CMC, Justin Jefferson, or Jamar Chase? Oh, I mean, you really can't go wrong with any of those picks. Personally, I would probably go Jamar Chase just because I am a huge Jamar Chase lover, and the connection between him and Joe Burrow is absolutely insane. Nothing against Justin Jefferson or Christian McCaffrey. All good picks. Also, if I'm going to pick a running back in the first round, I'm most likely going to pick Bijan over Christian McCaffrey as well. Just a heads up there. But um, I am a huge Jamar Chase lover. He's very consistent. He's going to get you those points every single week. Totally sold on Jamar Chase there. Ah, Danielle's speaking my language. Uh, we have another question coming in from Itty Bitty South City 650. Four, uh, fourth pick of a 14-teamer, half-point PPR. He has his Geno Smith, his Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, Najee Harris, Kareem, uh, Cam Akers. Looks like his tight ends are Ferguson. And if I'm reading this correct, uh, correct do you think that's Dolchich or you think that's somebody else on the Dolce one? I'm not sure what he means by that one. I'm going to assume that means Dolchich. Uh, was he was th he was thinking of trading for a tight end? Any thoughts, Chris or Brett? Either one of you guys. I just don't know how much you're going to get or give for a tight end. I don't know what's available out there on waivers, but I don't know if anybody's going to take um, like Jake Ferguson. I'm very worried about him as a Cowboys fan. Super worried. Um, we'll get into Dulcich a little bit later. I really do like him. So I think that you probably could stay put and then keep your value elsewhere. Um, I would just go to waivers. I Tight end is so messy. After you get out of that top tier, it's basically just anybody's game. So I'd stay put. Chris, would you do the same? So I played the game a little bit different when it comes to tight end. What I want to have as many options as possible. So what I might take is one of those lower tier receivers and try to flip it for me two tight ends. The guys aren't necessarily huge names. We're going to get into some of our sleepers in you know, our next segment of the show. But I, I look for some guys later value. Maybe add two guys so you have some options to kind of throw out there for one of the receivers that you're necessarily not going to play week in, week out. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Uh, so let's let's get back to our pitfalls because we got a little bit of a showdown. Because Britt has Dalton Schultz as one of her pitfalls, and Chris and I actually both, but I'm going to let Chris debate this one out, has Dalton Schultz as a sleeper. Just a little teaser for you in the next segment. Let's have you two duke it out. Britt, tell me why Dalton Schultz is a pitfall for you. Dalton Schultz for me is just a guy. You're never going to see a highlight of Dalton Schultz and be like, look what this guy just did. I mean, he's he's just a guy. His closest comparable player 
is Austin Hooper. And that's another guy that you're just never going to say, oh, wow, look at this play he made. He's just a guy out there. He did okay in Dallas because Dallas was a very high volume, highly efficient offense. But now he goes to Houston. Houston has looked absolutely atrocious. Their rookie quarterback definitely needs some work. Their offensive line needs some work. The receivers need some work. I think the coaches need some work. Honestly, they need to fall into head coaching and get the rhythm of that. I don't think that Schultz is a bad player, but from week to week, as far as a guy who's actually going to put up points for me on a low efficiency offense, it's just a no for me. Okay, Chris. So why are you in the opposite end? Why is Dalton Schultz a sleeper for you? Well, for the, I can't disagree with Britt. The guy is definitely boring. There's nothing that pops out necessarily tape-wise that you're wild by his physical ability or his ability to get open. But he seems to be the quarterback's best friend. It was definitely Dak Prescott's preference with a C.D. Lamb, with a Murray Cooper, with a Michael Gallup, and all these different guys he could utilize in the passing attack. He used to look for Dalton Schultz, who was a top five tight, five tight end until last year. So I up being in a top 10 tight end, despite being injured for a good portion of the season. Um, Dalton Schultz is basically the only target outside maybe Tank Dell at some point for this Houston Texans offense. I agree, Britt. Texans are probably going to suck, but that means a lot of garbage time. That means a lot of checkdowns and tight end opportunities for getting those seven, eight-yard catches, which will add up for you when you're tight end position. So Dalton Schultz, to me, is the guy playing for a team that's going to be bad. He's going to see probably at least the second most targets, if not the top amount of targets in the offense. And then you have a guy who's going to utilize in the red zone probably because that's what you look for when I have a rookie quarterback. So I think Dalton Schultz has a nice floor. I think grid the ceilings and that's slightly sexy, but you're looking for a guy that basically can produce. I hate I hate the Hooper comparison though. That it's killing me. Hooper, I hate Hooper, so it's killing me. I didn't do it. I am just reporting facts. All right, Daniel. Break the tie here. Which one wins? Oof, this one's a tough one because I can clearly see both sides on this one. And to be honest, I was not in the biggest Schultz fan before this, but him being one of those main guys and one of the only bright pieces on this offense does really stand out to me. So I'm going to have to go with Chris on this one because that could be very beneficial for fantasy wise when you have one clear target and one main piece of talent there on your team that you want to consistently go to. So. Okay, well, if I'm counting correctly, that's one for me, one for Britt, and one for Chris. We'll have some more showdowns going on this show. Actually, we might have one. Uh, let's see. Yep, we're going to have one right now. We're going to have one right now because I have Dalton Kincaid as a pitfall player. Britt has Dalton Kincaid as a sleeper player. So I'll go first on this one with Dalton Kincaid. Um, it's hard for me to draft tight ends who are in platoon situations, especially rookie tight ends, who are actually technically speaking the backups on their own team. Now, I know there's a lot of other context variables that go into that. But the, my main thing is, as an industry, we preach all the time, you can't trust rookie tight end. And yet I get Dalton Kincaid backup tight end who will only be used in certain packages throughout the entire year shoved down my throat as a guy who needs to be a fantasy football sleeper and ADP is going as a tight end 12 so you're, he's getting drafted as a tight end one I have him ranked at tight end 16 I know they're very excited I've seen a lot of teams get very excited by their first round picks and never actually utilize them the way they say they were going to. Yes, they have room for a slot receiver but the Bills are a team that like go three wide so unless they're suddenly planning on becoming the most 
predominant 12 personnel team. I don't see Don Kincaid being on the field enough to bring back tight end 12 ADP value. So that's why he's one of my pitfalls. Britt, why is he one of your sleepers? Well, let me just tell you. So in training camp interviews with Josh Allen, one of the NFL Network reporters completely blatantly asked, do you plan on using 12 personnel? Josh Allen says, well, we wouldn't have drafted him if we didn't. This is coming from the quarterback of the team. Not only that, we have seen it in preseason. We have seen Dawson Knox go more in line. We have seen Kincaid be the slot receiver. Buffalo did not bring in a pure wide receiver too. And I know all the Gabe Davis truthers, wherever they may be, are still saying, well, he's the wide receiver too. A 50% completion or catch rate does not scare me. Dalton Kincaid was also being touted as the best pass catcher, not just tight end, pass catcher as a whole in this entire draft. Buffalo did not move up to get him after paying Dawson Knox a big contract to not utilize him. They are going to shift to 12 personnel. They are going to use him as a slot receiver. He is going to absolutely crush and draw in these targets, and I cannot be higher on him. Okay. I'm going to rebuttal the Gabe Davis point real quick. It's a big difference when you're playing on a high ankle sprain. I think that had a lot to do with some of the inefficiencies that he had last year, which is why he is my number two target, as you could probably figure as to why I would be a little bit lower on Dalton Kincaid. You can rebuttal that. Go ahead. He had a 50% completion rate the year before. Okay. He wasn't playing that much the year before, too. But we'll have to see. All right. I'm going to give this to Danielle to break the tiebreaker because uh, Chris uh, has Don Kincaid as a pitfall as well. Chris, we'll, we'll get your two cents on why he's a, a, a pitfall for you. But Danielle, break the tie between me and Britt first because we're trying to calculate some points here. Yeah, I'm going with Britt on this one. She, she brought up some very good points there. She's convinced me. Well, people are with Britt, too, apparently. So I think I just need to speak the language of the people here and choose her. All right, that's fine. That's fine. We'll give one to the guests. You know, we always got to make the guests feel good. It's okay. Uh, Chris, w- w- just to get your two cents in here, why is Don Kiki on your pitfall list? Yeah, there are all the points that you kind of highlighted, particularly the fact that, uh, you know, I heard Brett under, you know, talking about Josh Allen, where he came out of his mouth. He also loved throwing to Trent Sheffield, he said. He loved throwing to Deontay Harty. he said. He loves throwing to Khalil Shakir, he said. So there's going to be other packages on the field. I just think, frankly, there's two – Plenty of packages that Buffalo can show with you and involving James Cook as well in that passing attack that I don't think he can a guy that you can feel comfortable week in, week out putting in your lineup. So I do think he's a little too high for my blood. All right. Uh, I didn't see David Njoko on your list, Chris. So yeah, we kind of talked about him already, too. So uh, we, you know, it looks like we can we move on. That was 